Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the D-Hour Network. You're at your For Your Health Blog Talk Radio. I am Marcia Thaddison, your host. I just want to say um, today is Sunday, June 7th. Uh, tonight, I do not have a guest on. It's just me and you. So um, I've really been praying about it, like many America, um, all over the world. We seem to be grieving as a nation, as a people, as a family. We have so many things happening to us at this time. I truly feel like it's a plague. So tonight, I will just kind of talk from my heart, talk from my spirit, and pray about how to share with you how I'm feeling deeply about what's happening um, across the world, especially across the United States with George Floyd. Um, I'm really, really grieved about that, and I really had to monitor myself on how much I allow myself to repeatedly see George die in front of our face, and I think what hurts me the most about all of this as a mom and a grandma, um, him calling out for his mother, I think that really, really deepened my spirit, grieved my spirit very heavily to know, um, you know, as a child, you're sick, sick, feeling well, and you call it the mama. You call out to her because you want someone to comfort you. You want someone to take you out your pain. You want someone to relieve you of what's going on. You know, you're not sick when you're feeling sick. You know, a lot of times you're sick, you got a fever, you got a tummy ache, you want to, you want mama. Even though she may not can do nothing but just laying on her chest or laying on sitting on her lap while you're not feeling well is a spirit of comfort. And I guess in a spirit way, she did comfort him because she came and got her son. So that part of me is really struggling as a mom and a grandma of hearing that and seeing that and looking at his eyes and knowing that he was expiring, that he was leaving. So I want to kind of look at this from a spiritual perspective um, so how we can say we can justify, we can't even justify that because it's no justification. It's evil, pure evil, what we saw. But we know uh, throughout centuries and history book tells us this has been going on for centuries and years and years, and the system the government system, the law has not um, answered our call to justice regarding the innocent blood of our men and women being killed in the United States. So when we come back, um, I got to get myself together because when I talk about that or think about it or have that image in my head 
or that picture in my head, it still grieves me and it brings tears to my eyes. So we come back. I want to take this from a different perspective and have you uh, kind of look at it from where I'm seeing it from a spiritual side and how we to come together as individuals, first of all, in our homes to heal, in our community, and as a nation, and as a people. So, reminding you, you're on the D-Hour Network. This is Marcia Thaddison, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
All right, this is Marcia Patterson. You're back with the DL Network for your help. Don't give up by Yolanda Adams. Um, I think that's the spirit and energy I'm trying to work with um, to move forward. And I say the protesters throughout the world, um, it's really amazing as I'm watching this. And I see this from a spiritual standpoint. When we look back, I want to share this, my perspective, how I've been reflecting on this and trying to cope with it and thinking about how we should move forward. Um, what can we do? What can I do as an individual that live here in Atlanta, how I interact with my neighbors? And people know me, Marcia Thaddeson, and yesterday's kitchen for today and for your health. I'm very friendly. I know people. I tend to try to look at the heart of a person, not the skin of a person, because that's important for me because that's how I want to live. But as I think about this spirit uh, thing from a biblical standpoint, because I am a Christian, um, I do believe in the Bible, and my perspective is this. When I go to Genesis, when Abel was killed by his brother Cain, and God came to Cain, uh, Abel, and he came to Cain and says, look, where's your brother's blood? Where's your brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, your brother's blood cries out to me. And I think about the lynchings that was permitted with um, the United States government silence permission for the Ku Klux Klan to lynch, for the police officers to kill, and there was no cry. There was no justice. And God said, "My your brother's blood cries out to me. And what I see from a spiritual standpoint, in this world, we all have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Satan has been ruling this country with this evil, manipulative, uh, vindictive spirit murder and kill. They did it to the Indians. The Indians were given smallpox uh, blankets with smallpox. They were put on reservation and were stolen. Their land was stolen from them at gunpoint. They're shooting our children down at gunpoint. Little boy playing with a BB gun in the park is shot down at gunpoint. That's why the Fifth Amendment means so much to them because it's the guns that have gotten in this country, that build up the economic system of this country. For this to be a Christian nation, it's not the scriptures that are screaming out. It's the Fifth Amendment, their guns. They feel that's their power. And it's from a spiritual standpoint. Satan owns the prince of the air. He's the prince of the air. And you think about it, I'm thinking about it from this perspective, that the cell phones, Prince is the power in the air, cell towers, it's air. It travels through the air. This would have never been known to us. We would never have this information if we didn't have this technology. This technology is bringing the light to darkness that has been filtering this country for years. We, it's been recorded that uh, African Americans have been in this country for 400 years. 1619 was the first year that slaves 
was brought to this um, new America. And 2019 marked 400 years. It's over. God is revealing the ugliness, the dark spirit that's roaming this world, the world. Because it's not just in America. The sister to the United States, which is London, UK, they too have the same problem. We're not fighting flesh against flesh. We're fighting spirit against spirit. And that was so apparent to me when I realized and what I've learned from the news in the media is that George Floyd's mother passed away several years ago on that exact same day. So the spirit of his mother came and got him to relieve him of the pain and the suffering that he was enduring by the racism and the injustice of this system. One thing I can tell you that I truly believe spirit leads people. We go into Matthew when Jesus was going into this one country and he saw these men, this man come out and he had all these demon spirits in him. And Jesus asked him, what's your name? And they said, Legion, we're many. And they begged him not to send him, them to the bliss, but to send them into the swine. What that taught me, reading the scripture for myself, is that the spirits can lead person to person, person to person, or animals. He cast those spirits into the swines, and the swines went over into the cloth and died. When a spirit, a murdering spirit, is in someone, once that individual dies, that murdering spirit looks somewhere to inhabit someone. Back in 2007, I was watching the news, and a father was pleading for help for our military men. His son had went over to Iraq, and coming back, he committed suicide. And what I've learned is that the suicide rate for our men committing um, suicide coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq for men and women is very high. And it says much higher than it was during the Vietnam War. As I'm watching that, it's like something hit my gut to say, oh, my God, I know why our men are committing suicide. I've realized special spiritual books or books that um, enlightens me. And there's one book that I really like, and honestly, whenever I get this book, and if I lend this book to someone, I don't ever get it back because once they get it, they hold on to it. It's called um, The Adversary by Mark Dubeck. And I like the book because it teaches us that all of us, I don't care who you are, we have an enemy in this world. From the time we're placed in our mother's womb, we have an enemy. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And we have to be able to identify the enemy coming at us. I saw this, and I called VA to get a couple of chaplain's phone numbers to say, I know why our men are committing suicide. The night before, that was on Veterans Day of 2007, 
I called two of them, left a message, and said, look, I know why our men are committing suicide. This is a spiritual warfare. One of them called me back first, and his name is Mr. Schumacher. I forgot Fort Bragg, Fort Bennings. I can't remember which um, base he was out of. Very quiet, soft-spoken gentleman. And I said to him, I said, sir, I'm not crazy, but I know why our men are committing suicide. We're sending our people out to defend us that are empty, spiritually empty. They talk about the armor, putting on the salvation, the armor to be able to fight spiritually as well as physically. And we have a lot of men that are going into these countries. When you think about it, Saddam Hussein um, killed a lot of his own people. In uh, Iraq, the Tower of Babel was there. The people were putting on bombs on their bodies and blowing themselves up. So I wanted you guys to think about this. Someone committing suicide, a suicide bomber, puts a bomb on themselves, blows up. Our military men who are empty physically and spiritually, not knowing Christ, not having any belief in them, already have rage and anger or bitterness or whatever or hatred in them. Now this suicide spirit looks and attaches itself to them who are empty. They come back, they blow themselves up, or they commit suicide. PTSD is real. It's a spirit. It's a nagging spirit, and we have it too. So as I'm sharing this with the um, the chaplain, giving him scriptures to validate that we're not fighting flesh against flesh, and we can overcome this if we not attack each other but attack the spirit that's in us. He's listening quiet. He's recording what I said to, um, about the scriptures. And toward the end of toward the end of the conversation, as I finished what I was going to say, he said to me very quietly, he says, ma'am, I want you to know this is timely because I've had three of my closest friends commit suicide this week. But please give me the name and the author of the book. All the chaplains are gathering together in California where we're going to address this issue about suicide. I, I was moved. I was so moved. We finished our conversation. I prayed with him. We finished our conversation. The next chaplain that I had left a message on, he calls me. It wasn't a chaplain. It was his clerk. And he was an African-American man. So him and I got to talking. He says, girl, please, God got you talking to the right person because I ordered the books those men get. We already know it's a spiritual warfare. And we're being defeated because we're fighting each other and fighting instead of fighting that spirit that's in us. Looking at that officer, putting his neck on George, looking at his eyes, it's a darkness that was in him. I saw that darkness in him. I seen that darkness in another young man when I first moved to Georgia. Um, about 20-some years ago, watching the news, some young man had raped some elderly lady. And I'm watching him on television, nice-looking young boy, African-American young man, and I can see the darkness on him. But once they sentenced him, 
long time they were sending that young man away. That spirit left him. And all I saw was that scared little boy like to say, what happened? What am I doing? And why did I do it? We're not fighting flesh against flesh. We're fighting spirit against spirit. And that murdering spirit, that racial spirit, has been roaming the United States up here, unchecked by the churches, government, the police system, the court system. That spirit has been roaming and killing at will. And the, the way our government has allowed it to penetrate, to continue, to continue. And that's when God said, uh-uh. George Blood cries out to me. And that young lady who took that video to capture the energy police officer bending and pressing on his neck and watching George's eyes. And his call for his mom, it hit the heart of those who have a heart. Not everybody is heartless. And it's really funny to me. Well, I shouldn't say we're funny. It's how God is using this. George's life, his breath was taken from him during the Feast of Pentecost. During the Feast of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is a breath. During the Feast of Pentecost, his breath left. This is symbolic. God knows. And all over the world, people think we're tired. And we can't answer because a lot of information has not come to the news. And I've had this conversation with my daughters and some of the other families and friends. CNN, Fox News, some of these other ones. They make me crazy. They become addicted to one subject and don't bring anything else in unless it's top headline news. And then they get oppulsive with it. They can repetitively give it over and over and over and over again where we're missing everyday news that need to be news. They're not doing it. They become obsessed with Donald Trump, compulsive heeding what he said and hearing everybody. I don't care about everybody's opinion about Donald Trump. I have my own. Give me the facts. Don't give me everybody's opinion of what they think or where they're going to go. I care less. Many Americans have their own opinion. Give us the facts and real the conclusion of our opinion. The coronavirus, the sickness, what is it attacking? The breath, your breathing, during the time of Pentecost, during the time of Passover, this is a spiritual warning. Truly believe God is hearing the blood cry of the innocent who have died under the hand that's supposed to be justice. When our community, our African-American community, when we can line up and value each other in each other property, let's start at home. And I truly believe moms, 
dance, the words you say. Lift your child up or tear them down. It will teach them to have respect for you, and once they have respect for you, they will have respect when they leave that house. It's a spiritual warfare. One thing I'm learning is to be quiet and listen to what people say. That's why we got two ears. Because the words that comes out of an individual mouth reflects their heart. And so many of us, and at times I have to do it too, we have to re- pull back and repent. And I call it hung by the tongue. We're saying something. We're not giving heart and guarding our mouth to see what comes out of it. To make sure we're being respectful to the person and the hearer of the words that we're saying. People are outraged, rightly so. They're mad, rightly so. But still we have to guard our hearts and our minds that we do not become contaminated and become like the spirit that has been roaming this country, killing people for years without as a teenager, I can still see his picture on the Jet magazine. I don't know why God chose George Floyd to be that torch, to say enough is enough. And maybe it's that young lady, he had her right in place to take that video of him calling out for his mom and you can see him taking his breath and no one, they're insensitive I've got the other guy's name that was in New York when he was being choked with just selling um, cigarettes or whatever he was selling it's not worth his life value the lives of the people you are due to respect and to serve. People are going to be afraid to call the police. And I think we need to get our house in order that we don't have to call the police. We could be at peace with each other. And I listened to the interview of the store owner, and I guess it was someone there, and he didn't know the policy. He said, we don't call for a forgery check or um, counterfeit 20. I can remember, as a little girl, being raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was a neighborhood little grocery store, a little Jewish store. When Mama got paid, she went there, and they would cash her check. She got her check cash, and we went to another store. Mama didn't know what a counterfeit 20 looked like. Hello. Today, I still don't know. I see people, when they get money, mark it with a marker, and they hold up, and I'm looking for it, and I'm like, what are y'all looking for? And it's just some type of whitewash or whatever. I don't know. Because I've never really held my $20 up to see if it was real. You know, I go to the store, I change it, hey, and move on. How do you know he knew or didn't know? We're so busy. And then my thing is, why are our, our, the men in blue? And maybe there's a spirit about that. I want you guys to think about this. Um, Chicago, known for gangs. But that spirit of gang has plagued Chicago for years. Al Capone, 
the Valentine Massacre. When they kill people and all those people, I don't know how many people may be in that river in Chicago. Those spirits move and move and move and move. And they go and connect to people who are empty, anger, rage. And next thing you know, there's a murdering spirit. And Chicago has it. How many murders? Even through here in Atlanta, Georgia, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But I want people to know, too, if you listen to any of my previous blog talk show, we, we talked about Dr. Barbara Reed Setter. I've had Roberta on on hypoglycemic. Food has a profound effect on our judgment, our behavior, our anger. We have 52 genetically modified sugars out here that never was on the table. Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden because of what they ate. And after they ate it, they made poor judgment. They started lying and being deceitful to our Heavenly Father. We're eating food that's in the gut, which is affecting the frontal lobe of the brain, our judgment, our mood, our attitude, our anger. We are at a spiritual warfare. And we need, as a nation, to humble ourselves. And I keep hearing people say, America is uh, a Bible built. The country was built on the Bible and that we are a country that believe in God. When this country was being built, um, a constitution was being written, they didn't include us. They didn't see us as human beings. They were still being beaten, raped, and slaves. It needs to be rewritten and counted in as human beings with dignity and pride. And the laws need to be changed. I'm going to tell you all straight up, I'm not a big fan of Hillary and Bill Clinton. I'm not even a big fan of Joe Biden. The laws were three strikes, you're out. The laws that when these young men come out, they can't vote. They got a felony. They won't hire them. to do better. And that comes when you change the heart of the nation, not the laws. But the laws weren't written for us. It was written. The laws, no, let me put it, the laws was written for us. Because anytime we had any leeway, they would change the laws to block it. Or they would change laws to put us more into prison. Change laws to keep us bound, a yoke around our necks. But we, too, need to get the yoke off of each other's neck with respect, how we talk, how we treat other people's property. It starts with us. It starts in our home, the spiritual battle, how we love each other, how we say words, because words are power. Words are seeds. So we have to sow the words that's going to bring life, not death. So I'm praying that I don't know what's going to come out of this. Um, He was an ordinary man. George Floyd was an ordinary man that God is using in an extraordinary way. I hope the world, only God can do this. This image that he painted of this man dying, this ordinary
special. He didn't go to no whole bunch of schools and got a whole bunch of degrees and nothing like that. But God uses ordinary man taking his last breath for all the world to see the injustice that has been on this nation for over 400 years. And he said, enough is enough. Your brother blood cries out to me. So we're going to talk about the spiritual aspect of our brother's blood. We'll be right back. You're on the Diawa Network. This is Marsha Thaddison for your help. All right, here we am again having some trouble here with the get this um, thing going. All right, bear with me here. Uh, for some reason, it's just spinning and spinning, but I do apologize for that. All right, this is where I want to come from. Um, let me try one more time. This is where I want to come from from a spiritual side because we are spirit beings. Uh, all of us here have a limited time on this place called Earth. And I truly believe this um, time is supposed to be used to guide us back to our Heavenly Father by the words and our actions and our deeds that we do to each other and to represent him. I see the people marching. I'm grieved by the people. But, you know, as I watch the looting and the, um, the brutality and everything like that, I'm grieved by seeing that. But then you got to realize, in the midst of us, there's always some enemies that's going to make things worse for us, or try to deceive us to be, um, to get caught up. And that's why I truly would say I would never run for office. Um, and many people who run for office, they have this great idea that I'm going to hear and make some changes. But I, you need to know, if you're doing this, that you're being guided spiritually into that because otherwise if you do not you're just going to go in there and be able to do do the same thing that has been always being done because that spirit has been roaming in that in that political arena for years and one person cannot change it unless it's being guided and directed by the holy spirit or not heavenly father and i truly believe i don't know i keep saying it but with george was he born for this purpose Yeshua, Jesus Christ, was born to die for us spiritually. I truly believe many people watching that over and over again, they couldn't stand it. And, you know, uh, Kabernacki, who was taking a knee, I respect him, and I don't even like those tennis shoes, but I would support those tennis shoes 100%. I'm not into designer tennis shoes or designer, none of that. But I love what he's doing, and I know that God has used him, and he stayed fast on his commitment to what he was doing. He wasn't waived by his income. He wasn't waived by people's criticism. He stood fast. And that's what we have to do, embracing our children to be young women and men of God, to be respectful, and to make this system be accountable 
for the injustice that they're doing. And when they're supposed to be called on for help, they're not on who we trust. And I meet many, many police officers here in Georgia um, because I'm really bold. I go up to them. I, with my business yesterday's kitchen for the day, I give them free um, little sample packages to tell them to stay healthy, how to stay hydrated, um, how to feed their body to be healthy, because we have to defend the people that defends us. I truly believe that. Our military, our firefighters, our policemen, and they're sick. They're sick, too. And my thing is, those officers should not have to work two and three jobs, period, to survive. The officers should have a salary, and they should not have to moonlight. These officers, back in the early years, as a kid, I remember they had two to a car. Now they have one. That should not be. It should be two to a car. Officers should be drug tested. These officers should have emotional help for themselves without losing their job. Alcoholic, I know alcoholism is a big thing with them. They may be on drugs and alcohol. I mean, drugs just like the community. So we have sick officers coming into sick communities, and they need to be drug tested to see what's in their system that they're making these judgments, and they're not sick, That's, that they're sick and they're making poor judgments. That need to be looked at. And I'm not saying lose their job, because sometimes you see big corporations when they have individuals that work for these companies and the insurance will allow them to go to drug rehab and drug rehab facilities. We need to be able to provide these type of services for these men and women on the front line. PTSD is real. It's real with the servicemen. It's real with children living in um, gang area where the shooting and looting, that's real, and families. It's real for our military, the policemen, even just in home where there's trauma. PTSD is real. Mental illness is real in the United States. Here in Atlanta, I think it was a couple of years back, a young man was naked. Out of service. Needed help. Naked. They didn't tase him. They killed him. And it was justified. What is it? You do not value our lives? Or you are so afraid of us, even naked. Fear, when you eat the wrong thing, drugs, alcohol, sugar, it's the next crack cocaine. It have you doing things. If in the normal concept of eating right, you would have never done. Food and behavior is real. Mental illness is real. we linked to diet. We have more genetically modified food out here. The officers, now think about this. The officers that have more trouble with the community are in poor drive-through areas. Some officers don't carry their food in the, into the community. They don't carry their lunch. I've met a few of them that start carrying their lunch thinking more healthy, but most of them don't. They drink those energy drinks, they drink donuts and coffee and sugar, and they can't remember nothing. Now, I don't know how true it was. One of the officers supposed to have did three duties or two duties. That is crazy. And what's ticking me off is the 
officers at the top, all the lieutenants and the captains and everybody's making these judgments, these men are sick. We got sick people in our community, and we got sick people that's trying to serve it. So we got the spirit of sickness that's coming on America because of what we're eating. Spiritually sick, physically sick because of diet. Spiritually sick because we come away from God. Physically sick because of what we're eating. Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden because of what they ate. And it caused them to make poor judgment, lying and hiding and being deceitful to the Lord. These officers are lying and deceiving themselves, and they got the blue code where they're not telling on each other. These young men have just started working with them. He's a superior. And 18, 18 previous charges. My plea to my community, all those people who are out there voting, you guys take the time to vote for the judges, the prosecuting, even the coroner. The coroner should lose his job. If they're not giving us the facts and do their job without being patronizing or looking out for their friends or their system, then they're failing to do their job. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual and physical warfare that's affecting the heart and the mind of our country. I don't know. I just pray that all of this is not for nothing. I remember the 60s when Martin Luther King was assassinated. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, there was riots throughout the world, I mean, throughout the United States, and Third Street had stores and shops and everything, and they disappeared. And they didn't come back for years, mainly because the people that owned it didn't uh, rent to nobody. They just left it empty to keep it purposely destitute or a food desert area. I don't want to see that happen again. But what I want to see us being united and pulled together physically, spiritually, and emotionally, that it will make it better for our grandchildren, at least my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and the next generation, that we will be able to learn how to respect each other. And that's a hard thing. The law can't do that. It's the hard. And I truly believe George Floyd, God is using him to bring out the ugliness and to remind us if we don't learn from our past, we will repeat it and we did repeat it and we're done. We don't want to do it no more. We can't see it happening no more. And we say Black Lives Matter, then the shooting and the killing of each other in our community should vanish. It should go away, period. Regardless of who owns that gun, a life is a life, and we need to care for that life and the life that of the people that leave behind their children, their grandchildren. So um, just remind you, we're on a D-Hour Network. I'm Marcia Thatterson. I'm your host, and we'll be right back after this.
you're back with the DR Network. This is Marsha Patterson uh, for your health. Tonight, my topic is America is sick. And I pray for healing for our nation, our people, uh, that we're able to come together sincerely from the heart to truly make a change. Not just in the law that's written on a piece of paper that means nothing to maybe somebody in some rural area in Georgia or Mississippi, but it's going to make a change inwardly so we can reflect it outwardly. And, you know, many years ago, um, I watched Geraldo, 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 he had a show. And he had a little talk show many years ago, and I remember watching his show, and I think it was either 1999, because I was living in Morrisville, North Carolina at the time. And he was interviewing a little boy. He's a Caucasian young man who was arrested for raping, brutally raping, and killing a young girl in a casino. This father had taken his child to a casino, I think it was like 3 in the morning, while he was gambling. And I can't remember the child's uh, age. I think she was pretty young, maybe 6 or 7. She had to go to the bathroom, and the father let her go to the bathroom alone. These two young men had been doing drugs. And on their way to the bathroom, one of the young men said, something entered me, and I was not myself. And I went after this girl, and he brutally raped her and killed her, and his friend was freaking out and just took off running. He said, when I finished, I came to myself and realized what I had done. We're not fighting flesh against flesh. We're fighting spirit against spirit. That murdering spirit, that perverted spirit is out there. That lynching spirit, that that man had murder on him, and his eyes looked dark. It was darkness there. And I've met so many officers here in Georgia, as I said, that tells me they worked on the force 15, 20 years, never touched their guns. Never touch the gun. We have good officers out there. And one thing I realized, I can't even imagine facing a crowd that's spitting at me, screaming at me, and that means to me, the crowd that was supposed to be marching in peace, the people that was out there that was protesting George Floyd's death, allow a spirit of anger and retaliation. So we're going to lynch every officer that wears a uniform to say you're evil. I don't support that at all. We need to test them. And I truly, like I said earlier, they need to be drug tested periodically. Um, They need to be tested to make sure they're not drinking on the job. We need to do a better job of policing them that's in our community. And we need to do a better job where our community respects them. I truly believe it's a diet. I know that. Like I said, I truly believe it's physical and spiritual. And the physical part is the food, the drugs, the alcohol, the mental illness. Mental illness is real. And these officers should not have to go from a shooting to a car accident. There should be downtime. They should have a, 
space where they emotionally get it together because these are human beings. We're all human beings. We make mistakes. And we all make mistakes. We make mistakes. And Jesus died for our mistakes. He died for our sins. I pray for the families because people are devastated, devastated all over the world. But we still have injustice going on that's not getting the spotlight because we become oppulsive with one story over and over and over and over and over again. We need to bring back independent newsletters, independent newspapers that's going to give us the truth. But the print the truth no matter what. You're not being bought out by some company or some political people. We need to be able to get the truth. And that's why I love, and that's just to Facebook, Internet, Instagram has allowed us to get that much faster. But the news circular needs to be more on bringing this to everyday people and not being obsessed with one topic and play it over and over and over again that we're missing the little news that's now become big news or the little town where someone was unjustly done. And yet Instagram, Facebook, it helps. And I thank God for that because it's really, really helping many of us to to deal with the facts. And not only that, Many people who didn't believe the stories, just because the police said it, it became the gospel. Um, the prosecuting attorney, the judges, the lawyers, all of them need to be accounted for. And we need to take time to look at those positions, like you do the presidential, come out to those positions for the sheriffs, the judges, even the coroners, because they're going to side with the their political friends or their police friends that they eat out with or go to the uh, bowling with or go hunting with. Uh Uh-uh. Favoritism. No. You take this oath, this is what you're supposed to do. Serve the people. And if you can't do that, fire them. If we don't do our job on any of these other jobs out here, what they do, they fire us. And that's what we need to use, our power to fire these people who don't do a good job. I don't know how this is going to end. Um, I pray for everyone um, in the political office that they become wisdom, they get be wise like Solomon, and that each individual family and people that's out there marching, that God will protect them to take away the anger and bitterness and rage that was in these, that may be in these officers. Don't let it filtrate on you. We're going to walk and do it in a beautiful way and make some changes. What I would love to have seen is that our governors in various states reach out to individual people that's in these marches to put a committee together to say, how can we represent the people? Let's make some political changes with the police department. Let's do this. How do we do that? And get the voice of the people. Because these electoral uh, people that's been appointed and like senators and governor, sometimes they get in these seats and they lose sight of who we are, mainly because of money and greed and political party favors, or they got more um, loyalty to their party as to the people, and that needs to stop.
But I was impressed that George Bush, Colin Powell, they said, no, we're not supporting this. And they changed over. As I said, I'm not a big fan of Biden, but, hey, a lot better than what we're going to have now. So I want to remind people to vote. I want people to remind people that we need to get out here and volunteer and be more part in our community of serving each other, helping out, looking out. It's become that village, not once all this blow over, everybody get back in their house and the kids back on the video games. And that's another thing. We need to get our kids more politically involved, get them away from the video, the TV, and get and educate them. Because if you don't learn from your past, you're doing the repeat it. And our kids need to be knowing more about our past and the struggles and the things that's going on. And that yourself and that others will respect you too. So my prayer is that we do this and we do this great in a great way. So the first hour, I kind of wanted to dance a little bit about George Floyd and how deeply, deeply my spirit has been grieving about this. I heard my, my sister sent me LL Cool J's um, take on it, and I cried again. I, 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 every time I see his picture. I've, another person who moved me really bad that I actually got out in March was uh, Trayvon Martin. I cannot watch, I cannot look at that little boy's face, the picture of him, and think about him with the Skittles. And if it was my son just going from the store, I mean, it grieves me as a mom, a grandma, and I have two grandsons that I just pray over, and I pray over everybody else's grandchildren, and that we can give our kids to come out to be this gift that God called them to be. They're beautiful. They're smart, intelligent. And we're not going to let that Roman spirit of the lynch mob from the KKK spirit or the skinheads or whatever racial spirit that has been roaming through this country for years and years and riding through at night to burn and lynch and kill. Is that your brother's blood cries out to me? And I think people are beginning to hear and know that God's going to answer this. There's going to be some redemption for the blood of these men and women who were murdered. You know, senseless, senseless. So my first hour was on that. The next hour, we're going to talk about coronavirus, food that we can eat to help build up the immune system, and I'm going to kind of share my take about the mask and the gloves and everything like that. So stay tuned. I'm reminding you on the D-Hour Network. Also, just to remind you, for your help, listening, my listening audience, this show is to present information and education, and it should be not construed as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any illness or any convention of health, any health problem. Please position and make a decision collectively or independently, make a decision on what's best for your health. And gather information that you know that will give you the resource to make life better for you and your family. And that's what we're here about. That's what yesterday's Kitchen for the Day is here about, is to give you this information. I've been on this journey for about 14 years, 
and I've learned a lot. And I see a lot of people that have heart problems. Um, oh, my God, if I meet another person that's had a hip replacement, a knee replacement, I'm going to scream. To me, that's all unnecessary about what we eat. Food is so powerful. And I want to be able to share with you what people are doing and have done to get their health back, both in mind, body, and then we're going to deal with the soul, and that's the spiritual part of you and who you connect with to make yourself one whole person that's living life to the fullest. All right, you want to be our network? We'll be right back. Your path.
Michelle. You guys can tell I love Delana Adams. I just love her song. Um, anytime I'm feeling down, I need to be lifted up or just be encouraged. I play her songs and I, I just love it. I love the voice. I love the words. I love the meaning of the words. So you're back with the D Hour Network for your help with Marsha Patterson. Um, we said we're going to talk about coronavirus, but before I do, I want to share with you guys um, with yesterday's kitchen for today, which is my business. Uh, we're doing a new website, and the website will be up within a week or so, hopefully, times and challenges, but I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining. And the purpose for yesterday's kitchen for today, for those who are new listening to my show, I started the business oh, 14 years ago. Yeah, 14 years ago, and it started with my youngest daughter having warts on her fingers. And I taken her to the doctor, and I tried the uh, over-the-counter thing. Nothing worked. And she cornered me one day and just kind of thrust her finger in my face and just, okay, cut her off. And what I learned is that she was missing a lot of vitamin E. Um, and by eating a lot of carbs, she was a big bread eater, and so was my husband at the time. Um, and when I changed their diet and realized our food has been changed, it's not the food that our great-grandparents and them grew up with, uh, I was blown away. And I talked about the 52 genetically modified different sugars that's in processed food that have a profound effect on our kids, their behavior, their judge, their judgment, their health. We have a lot of young kids now that's type 2 diabetes. Um, we have a lot of type 1 diabetic um, children, and um, mental illness, um, bipolar, depression, overweight, a lot of that has to do with diet. And since I've been on this journey, I've learned a lot. And my grand, my daughter, when I changed her diet and took her off the white flour, white sugar, white rice, and increased her vitamin C, those warts were gone within a week and a half, almost two weeks. And my husband, who was um, now wants to be with the Lord, but at the time he had a belly fat, and that went away. And so I'm blown away because I'm not big on eating white bread and white flour and sugar. But once I start learning this, I'm a sharer. I love sharing stuff. Um, that's the reason why I have the blog talk radio for your health because I get tired of hearing the number. Okay, African Americans are. Number one with heart disease, number one with this, number one with this, and now the coronavirus out, we're number one with that. But we have a weak immune system. And today I was out, um, went to the garden center at Lowe's because I was doing some work in the yard with some herbs and things like that. And I'm watching people wear their masks. I had my mask, but I don't like putting it on. It's I just can't stand breathing through that mask. And I told my daughter, you know, what I'm learning is the immune system. The reason why this coronavirus is coming after us is our immune system. And when I started this journey with yesterday's kitchen for today, I started learning about food that helps your body to defend itself from the inside. And you've heard me talk before, if you haven't, I've talked about fermented foods, probiotic foods that help build your immune system on kefir, kombucha, taking probiotic tablets. So I want to encourage people, yes, if you're comfortable wearing the mask, wear the mask. Wash your hands. 
but you're cleaning the vessel from the outside. And the disease is attacking you from the inside. That means we got to fight this from the inside. And I said that to my daughter, not knowing what I was saying to her, when she cornered me, coming out the kitchen and thrust her finger in my face and said, okay, mama, cut it off, cut it off. And I told her to please her, oh, we're fighting this the wrong way. We need to fight this from the inside, not the outside. Go into my bedroom that evening, it was 10 o'clock at night, reading my Bible, and then I decided there was a bin next to my bed that I wanted to clean this bin. And I even questioned myself why I'm cleaning this at this hour. But when I was cleaning the bin, I found a cassette tape by the lady named Sue Becker. She has a Brett Becker's down in Woodstock, Georgia. And the first thing she said on this cassette tape, and I'll show you how old this was, cassette tape. Oh, I took my daughter to the doctor because she had warts on her finger, and the doctor said you needed to fight it it by giving her vitamin E and taking her off of white flour, white sugar, white rice. <gasps> I couldn't believe I was hearing that. So I took it as a message that he was helping me and guiding me in this for her. I took all the white stuff out my kitchen, had my husband to go get some vitamins uh, E when he came out from work. I said, hey, on your way from work, pick up some vitamin E. Guess where he go? He go to General Dollar. That's good. I told my daughter, okay, this is synthetic. Take as many as you want. And she did. Within less than two weeks, the words were gone, and I started milling my own flour, making homemade bread. His belly fat was gone. And I'm blown away. And I realized that, like I said, our food has been changed. And the white flour has been bleached, and that there's a chemical in there. So back in the old days when our ancestors – Milled, when it was mill houses throughout the United States and farmers took their grain of wheat to the mill houses to grind down their flour. And that means you got everything, the bran, the wheat germ, the endosperm, all the healthy grain, that, the vitamins that was in there, and you made your bread. But as the Industrial Revolution, people came off away from farms and into the factories, the white bread became the way to go. And in my this old book that I found from the 1930s, I can't remember the author, but it's called Wheat Churn. There's an old Scottish saying, the whiter the bread, the sooner you're dead. This food is weakening our immune system. We're eating food that our digestive system don't recognize. If we want to beat this coronavirus, it's not going to be from the outside. It's going to be happening from the inside. So we have to build up the inside to defend itself. Otherwise, we're going to lose this battle. And many people have lost this battle with the coronavirus. Some of the food I talk about uh, to help build up your immune system, fermented cabbage, kefir. You got the milk kefir with raw milk. I know people don't like the raw milk or raw goat milk. I love it. I had Mark McAfee, so you can go back and listen to some of my previous blog talk radio with him from the uh, Raw Milk Institute. He's the CEO for Real Milk out of California. And talk about how the nutritional benefits and the healthy fat that comes from animals that are in the pasture, getting sunlight, eating what the creator had designed it to eat, we will benefit from that. 
vegetables that's not been genetically changed or been sprayed with herbicide and pesticides, we will benefit from that. Our farmers and our grandparents and great-grandparents grew their own vegetables. People weren't going to big supermarkets back in the days. They had their own food. And guess what? We didn't have heart disease, and we didn't have obesity, and we didn't have type 2 diabetes like we have today. Many people are doing vegetable oils. That stuff is garbage. And saturated fats that we can get from beef fat, pork fat, even lard. I'm learning if you've got animals that's healthy and you're feeding them the right way, that's good fat, and we need that. And I can remember as a kid, we fried everything with lard. I'm not a, I don't eat pork to this day, but I don't condone anyone. That was my personal choice to leave the pork alone and some of the other things alone. I went on my journey to say, okay, what's best for Martian and my family? And not all of them agree with me. I, I share with them, and they look at me like, okay, fine. But that's okay. I will be 68 this year. No, next month. Oh, my God, close to 70. But I thank God. I, had, I used to. I used to be able to tell you when it was going to rain and when the temperature was going to drop. My left knee and shoulder stopped bothering me. It do not. I'm on no medication. I don't walk in a room and say, what did I come in here for? Feeding your brain and your gut and building up your immune system is our best defense. And I truly believe wearing that mask constantly is going to weaken your immune system because you're not breathing, you're not getting that air. So you need to allow yourself to get fresh air, get vitamin D, vitamin E, get these natural vitamins, and get out into the sun and let that vitamin D get into your system to help build up your immune system. Probiotics. You can purchase probiotic tablets. And you want to make sure when you purchase the probiotic tablets, you buy it in the billions and making sure you're taking it, your children taking it, um, eating food, kimchi. I don't care for kimchi because it's a little spicy because I don't like spicy. Um, I have fermented green beans. I have fermented carrots. I have fermented um, all these fermented vegetables. A part of my business with yesterday's kitchen for the day, and I'm going to be offering a webinar for people to come on and see some of the teaching that we'll be doing to educate families about food being your medicine. And another concern for me is that I truly believe there's going to be food shortages. And we already seen this. And I have a book where it's in the editing stage right now called Healing in the Kitchen. This book has been long coming. I've started it a couple of years back. Stop, put it down, stop, put it down. But now I'm to the point where I need to get it done. And as I was rereading it, going over with the editor, uh, editing it, I said in the front part of the introduction of the book, I believe in America people are going to be hungry and needing how to take care of themselves. That I believe that people are going to have to know how to make food their medicine and that it's going to be time when food may be of shortage, my goodness. I see them. We see the food lines and the jobs. And now I was listening to the news where they were talking about the courthouses are full where their people are ready to evict these families. We have to take our children and our grandchildren. At least this is my belief. We have to take our children and grandchildren back to being self-sufficient. Owning the land. I've had farmers on talking about being self-sufficient, going back buying the land, 
growing your own food, being self-sufficient, teaching our children these skills. I have no clue what the United States is going to look like five years, 10 years, or 20 years down the line. But I believe in that scripture. He said, I will not see the righteous forsaking or begging bread. I don't want my children standing in line begging bread. Now, they can be in line to hand out some bread to people. And that's not a prideful thing, but I truly believe that it's teaching us to be self-sufficient and not depending on someone to hand you bread. On my previous blog talk show, I had Robert on with the um, the, the fishing, um, the black uh, bass fishing, where he's getting a lot of the Central City kids out of Cleveland, Ohio, to teach them how to fish. We're not teaching our kids how to fish, go fishing or go hunting. My dad was a hunter. Um, I can remember as a little girl with him and my uncles and some of his buddies that come by, they had their rifles, and he, they're cleaning the guns, and they're laughing and joking, talking about catching their rabbits and squirrels. Do I eat rabbits and squirrels today? No. But they did. And that was a way of taking care of them. I think there's a uh, here in Georgia there's a rabbit farm where you can go and purchase rabbits. People still eat rabbits to this day. Give people an option. And fishing is very relaxing. It's very relaxing. I've done it a couple of times. I haven't done it recently. I did purchase a, a fishing rod for my grandson. Uh, I need to get another one for Zaire. Uh, got one for Zachariah, and I need to get one for Zaire so they will be able to know how to fish. And that's my vision with yesterday's kitchen for today is to bring back those old skills and knowledge of how our grandparents and great-grandparents survived. You didn't have to go out there and steal from nobody. You didn't have to go out there and uh, 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 beg for nothing. You had the knowledge to go fishing, hunting. You know, we, these kids have guns. I'm not against guns. What I want you to do is be able to use it in a way that's going to be productive. Now, if you're going to entertain yourself, go target shooting, that's fine. If you're going to use it to go hunting, that's fine. Go get you some deer meat, some venice, or buffalo. You know, people said, um, like buffalo meat, whatever meat you enjoy. But having that skill, a friend of mine, they're out of Mississippi, Jerry and Marsha, I was talking to her husband today because he had just recently butchered a cow. And I called Jerry. I said, oh, did you say the facts? I want the tally facts of the cow or what you have because it's so healthy. That saturated fat is healthy for your heart. It's healthy for your brain. It's so healthy for our body. And he laughed. He said, no, I didn't know what to do with it. I'm like, oh. So I got to send him information on making sure he don't waste that fat no more. Because if you go to the stores now, the tally fat, the duck fat, the chicken fat, those animal fats are so healthy. And our ancestors knew what to do with that. They didn't waste nothing. They, you know, I kind of laugh, um, pickle pig feet, pickle pigtails, all of that stuff. I don't eat it, but some people still do eat it. But we want to be able to teach that knowledge to the next generation. So I'll be giving more information on my webinar and uh, opportunities of people becoming employed to learn to cook healthy food, earn income, and teach the next generation or share this information from house to house. We got to be able to show families or teach families how to live, how to take care of them. And I'm really proud because 
I've met a lot of people, both Caucasian or different race, that got this vision. Even younger young people are saying, I want to own the land. I want to be a garden. I want to raise goats or I want to raise chickens. And they're doing it. And I want our kids to have these skills. I kind of joke around when I see some young kids walking the neighborhood with their pants down, unemployed, can't get a job, or, or they're just not happy at any job they get. And sometimes I believe that they have a farmer's spirit in them or some spirit that's laying dormant that we have to open up to allow that gift that's in them that has been silenced or put to sleep to awaken it. And canning, fermenting, I love kombucha. All of these probiotic foods are so healthy. And teaching another uh, the classes that I'll be offering and the workshops that I'll be offering where people become employed with canning, fermenting, grain, a grain of wheat, dehydration. Um, for your health class are about juicing, um, using vegetables, heal your body. You're finding the Gerson Institute, the Living Food Institute, that's going to be coming back on from the Living Food Institute that was once owned by Brenda Cobb, who had cancer, and she juiced her way back to health. I had um, another thing, my labor of love class is one of my favorite classes, and that is one I really want women to understand and young men to understand that. The food you're putting in your body before you have a baby and while you're pregnant is a profound effect on that child's health, physical health, mental health, and academically. We can have our kids so smart by what we feed them and what we put in our brains. We can get our minds back. Uh, as a little girl, my grandmother used to say, Lord, when she woke up, thank you for waking me up in my right mind. And so many people are not in their right mind. As I drive through Atlanta and I see people who are homeless, they're talking to themselves, you can tell there's mental problems. Mental illness is real. And we as a people, we can get our kids back, our families back by what we put in our bodies. And even alcoholism, you know, we can help like that, you know, um, kutsu and other natural stuff that can help take away the craving for alcohol. So, you know, God has already given us a way out, but we choose to live and eat off a man's table. So we got some, we're feeling the repercussion of eating the wrong food, our body and our mind. And so many people, I tell you, getting knee replacement, hip replacement, that was never, ever, ever, ever supposed to be happening to us. So... God has given us favor, um, but we have to be obedient and to walk in that favor and to go and do what he had called us to do, and that's to eat the food that's real. And if you go to the book of Leviticus, there's a whole dietary law about food. And yesterday's kitchen for today, we bring these food in and what it looks like yesterday and how it looks today. We can show you how to make homemade butter like it was done yesterday, and how it can be done today. You know, um, my daughters are definitely telling me they're today's women, so they don't want to do things by hand. But I want to be able to teach these, share these skills about how to do things by hand, 
case you don't have electricity, in case you don't have any uh, running water, how do we clean the water up? How do we survive? How do we take care of ourselves? That's important to me to pass these skills on to the next generation. And this is the whole purpose and the vision for Yesterday's Kitchen for Today um, and the Blog Talk Radio. Information is powerful. That knowledge is powerful. How many times when you're trying to cook a meal or a recipe that mama fixed for a holiday, you call mama, mama, how did you make that? How did you make that turkey? How did you make that dressing? And we, how did you, my baby not feeling good, mama. I don't have insurance. How do I get this fever down? What am I to do? Or my kids have a toothache, and I don't have money to take them to the dentist. Healing in the Kitchen, that's my book. And healing is in our food. And we want to be able to educate you on what that looks like, how it was done. I don't want people to have to buy separate things. Oh, let me buy the medicine. Let me buy the food. Food is designed to be our medicine. And we want to be able to learn, and I'm still learning, what that looks like, how it was done. But what I have learned and what we did put together, we want to give it to the masses. We want to give it to everybody else to say, this is what you can do. Save yourself some money. Many people don't have jobs. The hotel industry has still hasn't come back completely. The schools are not back completely. We are in a situation like never, ever before. So it's our job to learn from this mistake or learn from this crisis that we're in to teach the children, say, okay, I remember going through this with my parents, and this is how we got through it. And we can do this as a community, as a village, looking out for each other and making sure that nobody go hungry. And everyone, we can be grateful because God has already given us what we need. Reminding you, I'm going to be our network. Gratitude for your help and be right back.
God, I want y'all to help us do it. Lift your hands in this atmosphere and say, I am grateful. Have done. You look at him and tell him, yes, yes I'm grateful. The victory that we won. Tell him I could go on and on. About your works. Because I'm grateful. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and say, flowing from my heart.
All right, we're back with the DR Network. This is Marshall Patterson for your health. We are truly grateful, even in a time of this where it just seems chaotic and crazy. I know he has a plan, and we have to trust that plan. Um, I'm going to go back to yesterday's kitchen for today. We will be bringing, as I said, I've been doing a webinar. We're putting that together. Um, be patient with me because I'm trying to get it right. <laughs> I don't know what that is or what right looks like, but we're just on this journey to get this information to everyday people about being healthy, to get your children healthy, smart, and um, to bring calm and peace. And, you know, um, Another thing we want to address is the drama that may be going in families' home with people to stay in home order. I know domestic violence is up and uh, alcoholism is up. Drinking, they said 500 percent consumption of alcohol. But uh, all of this to say that we have control and he's given us control and we have to make choices. And I pray for the people who are out there on the front line walking throughout the world, that we walk with a spirit of peace, not a spirit of anger. We walk with the spirit of truly making a change um, that's going to have an impact of bringing unity and order because we don't have it. And to um, take a look at who we are and how we can make some changes. And, you know, who knows, we may have some people that's been out there walking that's going to be the next president or the next political person, I'm talking about some of the younger people that's going to rise up and take position because of this. And maybe this issue will cause some young people who never thought about being in a political arena, who never thought about um, being a police officer, just rise up to say we want to make a difference. And we salute that and we pray for the young people. And we pray for the officers who are good out there and have a good heart, and I know some, we have some in the family, so we just, you know, pray for their protection too, because when you work on a job, and everybody's been on a job where you know the boss crazy, your coworker's crazy, but you go in there and you do your job and you get paid, and a lot of times when people have to pay their bills, they go in, they do what they got to do, and say, that's them. I'm going to let that crazy person know. And a lot of the police officers already know who's crazy, who's off the top. And so, and we got to deal with the mental is, issue too. So I hope that my prayer is we look at the mental illness, uh, PTSD for these officers. We look at drug and alcohol abuse for these officers. We look at the emotional abuse these officers are going through and get them help. Also, for our community, that we'd be able to have more um, facilities that allow places for mental illness, uh, um, emotional illness, um, homelessness, jobs, community. George was working. He had a job. I truly believe the enemy working through that officer to try to take take him out. But God's turning this around, and I thank God that young girl was there to take the video. Um, so I just pray for us as a nation, and I pray for the people. 
and the people who have to do their job because there's no way I want to face an angry crowd of young people or older people um, and then emotionally stand there and do a good job. That's going to be hard. And so we pray for the strength of those officers who are good and trying to do a good job to be protected in doing that job and that they do not be criticized or put down. Like one of the uh, – I saw on um, – CNN News with that a white elderly gentleman with a cell phone came down and didn't pick him up. That angry uh, spirit that was in those officers, they were fired. And I think 56 of them from that precinct or from that everything would draw, um, um, resign. And I told my daughter, I said, well, if 56 of them resigned because of what those two officers did, that means they have that spirit and they think that was okay, then they should leave. So that means 56 position is open for jobs for people who want to be right and do the right thing as a police officer. So there's 56 jobs opening in that precinct. Hey, fill it with people with uh, a heart and mind to do right. Because if they feel that they have to resign their position because they thought those officers were treated unjustly, then I think that's God's way of filtering out people who don't have compassion for each other and to do their job and not just to help and serve our community. No one picked that man up. They had to have other people come and rush to pick him up. And I think he's, um, he was in um, a critical condition. I don't know if it was critical condition or stable condition, but I pray for him. I pray for his uh his healing and be uh, a healing that he will recover completely. Um, we have people of all nationalities that understand now. I think I've seen some article where one uh, a sports writer says that he now understands about the kneeling, and he apologized. So and maybe this is waking people up to the reality that many African American in the community and even some of the Caucasian people had the knowledge of what was happening. So we pray for peace and knowledge. Okay, anyone um, have any questions about the probiotics? We're going to switch again here to probiotics and healthy eating. Please take that challenge and purchase you some probiotics or do the fermented cabbage or we, you heard me talk about the fermented garlic and the honey so our body can defend itself from the inside from this coronavirus and be healthy. But the battle is in the inside, just like this battle we're going with this evil spirit is from the inside because it's the heart thing. It's the heart of this nation. And the heart of this nation has never really, really changed. It has always been evil and deceptive and um, racist. And I thank God that um, this is waking people up. I don't know what the election going to look like for 2020. I did absentee uh, voting this year, and I liked it. I really enjoy voting um, absentee. And let me tell you why. I was able, I had the absentee ballot thing sitting on my lap and my computer because a lot of times, and I'm guilty, I don't take time to do my homework on those judges and uh, some of those um, local offices. I was able to Google and do my research on these people before casting my vote. I said, oh, I like this. And 
you know, people always say they want to be over the school board, they want to be over this, or they're going to be a police chief or whatever. All that big checks, they're giving them police chiefs and all the months, I think, should go down to the police officers and the teachers need to get their money. All these political people should not have all these perks. And all these political people who, once they leave office, their perks should leave too because when we leave our job, we can't take our perks with us. That's it. We're giving people too much money and we're giving them too much power. And I think we need to take that away from them and give it to the people, the people that's on the ground doing the hard, dirty work. So um, needless to say, um, needless to say, I hope to be able to um, do my part as a business person, as a mom and a grandma, to make some changes regarding uh, our system, having us to be treated fairly in all aspects. And that's one of the things I have implemented in my company because I've worked for a racist company. 15 years I worked for a racist company. And it was just at the time I was going through my divorce my, uh, from my first marriage. And it was hard. But through my ground, I said, whatever benefits they get, I'm going to get. And I'm, it was so racist. It was crazy. But many people are dealing with that even on their jobs right now the ones who can go to work or who has been to work, we've seen it. And maybe this thing will wake up these corporations and take a look at some of these supervisors and uh, people who's in charge who have been very racist. And I think that's a good thing that that will happen, that they're going to have corporate meetings and diversity meetings and saying, look, how do you talk to people? Because I know that on some jobs these people are talking crazy and cursing and acting belligerent to their coworkers. Words have power and words have seeds, and we need to stop that, even in the corporate field, in the office, in the home, in the community, and the people that's being served by the police officers serving us and how they talk to us and how we talk to them, words of power. So we all have to bring this around to say, let's have a conversation that we're going to learn how to respect each other. You don't have to agree with me but we need to respect each other. So, all right. I'm thinking that's about it for tonight. My guest tomorrow, uh, next week, I'm sorry, tomorrow, next week will be Dr. Ware, Dr. Charles Ware. He is a sickle cell doctor, and Dr. Charles Ware has been on the show before, and he talks about sickle cell and how he overcame that challenge with um, the pain by uh, creating an all-natural vitamin supplement called Edenflow. And we're going to have a conversation about sickle cell and today and with the coronavirus about some of the sickle cell patients that have to go in and get blood work now because um, most uh, people who are sickle cell have to have transfusion pretty often. But the even flow and some of these natural vitamins will eliminate that uh, for some people um, where they don't have to do this. Um, they don't have the pain crisis and they're no longer getting the um, blood transfusion. So we want to share with you on that. And I think after that, we, um, I have Raw 
Rawson that will be on the following week, and that's Leticia Jones, and she'll be talking about the emotional healing and the trauma. I'm really telling you, this event with Joyce Floyd has emotionally shaken me, and I try not to turn the TV on too much because I'm very emotional, and I've cried about a head, and I'm very sensitive to this issue, especially, like I said, with children and grandchildren. And I know many of people are feeling it too. So all of that has a play on our immune system and our health, what we see and what we constantly listen to, especially if it's negative. So Letitia will be coming on at the end of the month uh, regarding that. And next month we'll have um, the Living Food Institute on raw food and how that can heal our gut and make us healthy. So we're on this journey to heal both physically as well as spiritually so we can have a better life, enjoy life with family, friends, neighbors, and to treat each other in that same respect. So I just want to thank you for being on, listening to me and um, give me some feedback as to say, hey, Marsha, because um, I've been on this for a while. I do get some feedback, but I would like to know, yeah, I like what you're saying or I don't like what you're saying or I would love to have you touch on certain issues, kind of share that with me. So I pray that everyone have a safe, beautiful week and be blessed and be safe.
have. Okay, we only have about two minutes left and 23 seconds of the show. I want to have my listening audience to check out my Facebook page, uh, Yesterday's Kitchen, the number four today. I have plenty of previous blog talk information. I have great information out there about um, Yesterday's Kitchen for today and some teaching, so please check that out. But you also can check out my page with my name, Marsha Thaddison. That's T-H-A-D-I-S-O-N. And my website is www.yesterdayskitchen4today.com. So uh, as I said before, my mission is to educate and train and teach the next generation and remind the older generation on what we can do to get our health back and our bodies in a rightful place. If you're interested in uh, learning how to cook or do classes on healthy food, nutrition, and earn income, check us out on my website at yesterdayskitchenfortoday.com and leave a message or go to my uh, email address. It's info at yesterdayskitchenfortoday. And we will be you will hopefully be on next week, Sunday. So everyone be blessed and take care of yourself and be safe. And we're truly, 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 truly grateful. So I just want to remind people, don't give up. Keep keep the faith. Never give up. Just keep going. We have we will do this together. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.